0: Genesis 1 verse 29 through chapter 2 verse 3. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth, and every tree with seed in its fruit, you shall have them for food. I'm not going to fall over today. Um, In fact, I actually came prepared yesterday. I set something up just to uh, ensure my safety. I got one of these. I'm going to set it right here. All right. Almost, yeah, I I knew I needed to, uh, to just be sure. So I've got a stool to support me today. I've got that extra padding down on the bottom floor uh, for a little insurance. And uh, for for those of you that that don't know, maybe this doesn't make sense, but uh, about three weeks ago, June 19th, Juneteenth, I was preaching uh, the first service, not the second service. And uh, I, you know, I was, it was my first sermon as an employed pastor. Uh, It was also um, Juneteenth, which. uh, as, as a white man is, uh, is fraught, and uh, so I just had I, I put a lot of pressure on myself to, to treat the day appropriately, and or treat the the message appropriately, and I um, ended up pretty much staying up all night the night before, got two hours of sleep, didn't eat breakfast beforehand, was kind of dehydrated from the hot week before, and uh, made it about 15 minutes through my sermon, and then I passed out while I was talking, there was the the podium right here. I pushed it over, broke the podium, fell down there on the floor, and uh, got uh, taken away to the hospital. Fortunately, I'm all fine. I just have a little scar here um, to show for it. But um, I'm thankful to be back and to have another chance to talk. Um, And and I think God's trying to make a point. (laughs) Thanks. I think God's trying to make a point uh, to me personally with how he set these things this up, right? Uh, three weeks ago I, I preached and I, I passed out, my body couldn't take it and now I'm starting off our series on the Sabbath. Uh, so my topic today is Sabbath, which literally means rest in Hebrew and uh, my, uh, that, that, that's, that's what we're doing today. So, so my main goal Um, in addition to preparing something to say about the Sabbath is to uh, have a spirit of Sabbath as I'm up here uh, being at rest at peace with God hence uh, um, my comfort right now Um, before we get started though uh, so we're gonna talk about why does Sabbath matter but before we get started let's pray our Lord Creator God I'm in awe of you. Uh, like in the song we were just singing before this, you are constant, you are always good. Not for a moment have you forsaken us. And that is it's beautiful, God. And right now we're, we're here worshiping you uh, because in, in one way or another we've seen your presence in our lives. Um, and, and we want to thank you for that, praise you for that. It gives us joy to look at you and talk about how you're always with us. And so as I say some words about the Sabbath right now, um, I, I need you to speak through me, and I'd like for you to also intervene uh, between, between where the words come out of my mouth to where they hit Um each person's ears today um, and, and make it make sense uh, and give them a message that's uh, from you. Uh, really help, help me to get my own message as well. Uh, thank you for being with us, God. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, obviously, Sabbath rest is important for our health, um, but I I have a problem when it comes to the Sabbath. Uh, It's a problem of identity. I like to get my identity from what I do. So, So my identity over here, my work, the things I do over here, and the more I do, naturally it's very easy for my identity to just go right up along with it. The more I do, the stronger my identity, the better I feel about myself. The more I do, the stronger my identity. The problem is, that means that my identity is at odds with rest. Because when I rest, when what I do goes down, I'm doing less, my identity also takes a hit, and I feel somehow less of a person, less of who I think I ought to be. All week long, I feel like God has been putting some conversations uh, into my life to prepare me for this. And and the first one was this last Sunday. On Sunday, I was at Central Park by the Great Lawn with Pastor Michelle. And we were um, there for a very important reason, we were there to play. Ultimate Frisbee. And if you haven't heard about this yet, we have a community group happening at 10 a.m. every other Sunday, so not tomorrow, but the, day, the next week, uh, where we're going to be playing Ultimate Frisbee in the park. I have the Frisbee and the cones. It's a blast. Um, I don't know if you all play Frisbee. Does anyone like Frisbee? I actually just started last year, and when I first heard about it, I was like, oh, Frisbee? What is it? Ultimate Frisbee? That's a weird sport. Uh, I had never played it until a year ago. And, uh, and, and I got hooked. Uh, so we're playing Ultimate Frisbee. You're welcome to come on out. You can sign up on the community groups page on our website. Uh, but uh, Michelle and I were there, and we were waiting for other people to come. It was the 4th of July, so we also had picnic food out there um, to celebrate. And we, uh, we were just talking, and Michelle comes at me with this question, what is your purpose? Uh, always she always has those light uh, featherweight uh, questions and um, it got me it got me thinking and we were talking and as I was trying to wrestle with what is my purpose I uh, realized that I, I have this struggle right where I on one hand recognize that God created us for the joy of being alive right God didn't create us in order to make us do a bunch of things. God created us because being alive is amazing, and there are just so many awesome things to do um, and, and, and to just appreciate as, as a living being. Uh, but on the other hand, I feel like, you know, if I just, if I only appreciate, you know, God's abundant life, if, if that's all I'm doing, I feel like I'm like, I'm cheating somebody, I'm missing out, I like, like I need to be doing something hard, and I need to be working uh, in order to feel good about myself. And uh, All right, I'm going I'm to... Sorry, I'm going to switch over to my phone. That uh, iPod, iPad has some problems. So, OK. So I recognize this, this dilemma, right, between just Relishing in the gift of life that God's given me and feeling like I need to do things in order to um, have a worthwhile life. And I, I was trying to figure out why this is, and throughout this week I was you know, thinking and 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 reading, and I came across this, this book that was in my library called Strengths Finder. It's part of the strengths quest inventory where you it's like a personality thing. You take your you take this test and it tells you what your top five strengths are. Um, and one of my top five is responsibility. And so I was reading up about responsibility, and I saw that it says, this person defines himself by his ability to live up to his commitments. And um, yeah, so that's, uh, that's the struggle I'm dealing with. I define myself by my ability to live up to my commitments. And uh, I don't know if uh, anyone here does that as well. Uh, in fact, do you? Does anyone here? or am I alone, like do you get, yeah, you you get your identity in part from what you do. I mean, it's the first question, I don't know about you, but I often ask when I meet someone, it's like, uh, what's your name, what do you do? But the problem is that's not a stable way to live. Right now, not just in the US but around the world, after this pandemic, uh, Microsoft just did a survey and they found that 41% of people all over the world Are thinking of quitting their jobs right now. 41%. And for people from 18 to 25, that number jumps up to over 50, I think 54% or something like that. So I just want to, that means that either you or the person next to you is thinking of quitting their job probably. So I just want you to look at the person next to you and say, Are you gonna quit? Are you gonna quit? (laughs) And the answer might be yes. And the problem is, if we're quitting, and our identity is somehow wrapped up in what we do, then that's creating a crisis of identity, right? Uh, there's another great book here. It's called The Sabbath by Abraham Joshua Heschel. Uh, just beautiful, yeah, oh yeah, Someone, Yeah. someone's read it. Uh, and honestly, I could just sit here for this whole sermon and just read a few chapters out of this book, and that would be, uh, that would be enough. But... Um, Heschel writes that labor without dignity is the cause of misery, and rest without spirit the source of depravity. And I think that first, that first part is key, right? Labor without dignity is the source of misery, uh, and that's what a lot of people are going through right now, especially with the pandemic and all those economic changes. But then I think the second part of that sentence is a great sort of hint definition at what the Sabbath is. Rest with spirit. So it's not just like sleeping all day. It's not just sleeping all day. But it's, it's resting with spirit. So if you are feeling like quitting, if you feel like you're burned out, then I hope this sermon is for you. Um, let's see here. Okay. So here's the point of the sermon. In order to experience Sabbath rest, I have to come to a better understanding of my identity that is more expansive than what I do. In order to experience Sabbath rest, I have to come to a better understanding of my identity that is more expansive than what I do. Say, you are more than what you do. Look at the person next to you. You are more than what you do So what does the Sabbath have to say about who I am? Let's go back to the first time Sabbath is mentioned in Scripture to get an idea. That's Genesis 1, verses 29 through chapter 2, verse 3. It's the passage I read at the beginning of this sermon. And I'll just read it out of here. And God said, Behold, I have given you Every plant-yielding seed that's on the face of all the earth, and every tree with seed in its fruit, you shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the heavens, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I've given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, And all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. We see it over and over again. He had done. He had done. He had done. The Sabbath. Coming in the second chapter of the Bible, in the first story of the Bible, the creation story, is inseparable from the fact that God made you. God made the entire world around you and God made you. And that is the beginning of understanding what the Sabbath really means. He has done it. On the cross. Jesus cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Which is a reference to Psalm 22. That's the first line of Psalm 22. The last line of Psalm 22, he has done it. Like what Jesus also said on the cross, it is finished. So first, I am made by God. Second, I am very good. At the end of every day of creation, God is like, this is good, this is good, this is good. And then he gets to people and he's like, this is very good. And so the point I want to tell you right now, I don't know what you're going through, how you feel about yourself, you cannot be God's. You cannot be a creation of God and not be very good. So you, regardless of what shame you're dealing with, what pain in your life, the mistakes you've made, you are very good. And that's not some objective measure that you can mess up. That's God's opinion of you. God looks at you, and God's like, oh, I made that person. I made you, Alex. And you are very good. You're very good. Uh, third, I am dependent upon God. When God made creation, one of the first things God said was like, all right, you people i have given you The plants, the nuts, the fruit, all of that is for your food. God provides for us. We are dependent upon God. And that's for our physical needs, for security, for, you know, an income, for career. But it's also for these, like, long-term, eternal needs, right? The Sabbath is the antidote to legalism. Because the Sabbath says you depend on God. You do not save yourself. He has done it. Christ has done it on the cross. It reminds me of the story of Abraham and Isaac, right? God tells Abraham to go sacrifice his son. He takes him up the hill. He's about to sacrifice him, and then he looks up and there's a ram. Earlier, when Isaac had asked Abraham what, where the sacrifice was, Abraham told him, God will provide. And that's exactly what happened, and of course, that is a foreshadowing of what Christ did for all of us on the cross. It also makes me think of Matthew 6, Matthew 6:26 6, and, and on, where Jesus says, Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of much more value than they? Therefore, don't be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of these things will be added to you. Sabbath rest depends on these basic understandings of who I am. I am made by God. I am loved by God. And I am dependent upon God. And the weekly repetition of this Sabbath is what helps us understand that. Every week, like the commandment says, right? The fourth commandment. Remember the Sabbath day. The Sabbath is a reminder. Every time we do it, it reminds us of the story of creation. Every time we do it, it reiterates. Just like uh, you know, the iPhone always coming out with a new operating system, 1.0, 2.0, 3.0. The Sabbath is a reiteration, uh, a, a remaking of what life was originally intended to be like. And it's, a, it's something that we get to experience and live through every single week. Uh, Here's one more book to recommend. It's uh, On Living by Carrie Egan and I mentioned it in A Thinking Thursday on Instagram a little while back. But in this book she talks about um, she's a hospice chaplain and she shares about her experiences with people who have you know gone through immense suffering, have lost loved ones, or are facing death themselves. And she reflects on the stories that they tell. And she notes that these tragedies that uh, people go through do end up defining them, but they can choose how it defines them. And I think that's, that's true even outside of tragedy, right? Our experiences do in some way define us. And so if you have gone for one, one Sabbath, if you have experienced one Sabbath, then from there on out, you are a person who has experienced the Sabbath. And that becomes a part of who you are. And every week you do that. It becomes more and more a part of who you are. Um, It makes me think of a missionary from the first half of the 20th century. He was born in 1884, and he was actually educated at Columbia University. Went to Union Theological Seminary. His name is Frank Laubach. And he, um, he came up with this thing he called the game with minutes, where he would uh, try to think of God for one minute out of every day. Uh, and to learn how to do it, he would, he would just sit down for an hour once a week. And he would actually like make tally marks, like, oh, I thought about God. Oh, I thought about God. Oh, I thought about God. And it's kind of it's silly, kind of strange. Uh, but he did that for one hour every week, and he said after a few months, it felt like he was just walking with God every moment. And for us, we have the Sabbath, right? The goal of the Sabbath, the goal of coming together to worship, isn't just to like, create a great program or to avoid homework. It's to somehow intentionally begin to shape our lives in a way that carries on through the rest of the week. And the Sabbath isn't only for the rest of the week. It's not just to make us productive either. It's also to fulfill what life was intended to be like for us right now. Uh, A a, a mentor and friend of mine, um, a a pastor named Andrew, reminded me this week as we were talking that Adam and Eve, Sabbath was their first full day of life. They were created on the sixth day, and the the first thing they had to do was rest it was that's what life was for that's what life was for I'm doing okay not falling over so what does the Sabbath tell you about who you are you're made by God God thinks the world of you I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where the person you love more than anything else loves you back, or the person you have a crush on has a crush on you back, but it's the greatest feeling, right? Uh, I remember one of, one of my first crushes, uh, learning that, that she also liked me was, it just blew me away. Like I didn't feel like I deserved it. And if you take that, from like, from like this uh, human-human relationships, and you think about God. God, the creator, the, the, the author of every beautiful thing you've ever seen, the person who's always with you, never failing. If you look at God, and you recognize that God loves you back. God thinks you are amazing. That's life-changing. And then this third truth, again, God provides for you. Uh, Going back to relationships, I was talking with a good friend of mine, Jason, this week, and he was talking about uh, his experience uh, meeting and dating and and marrying his wife. And he said something that stuck with me as, I think, a great summary or definition of the Sabbath, um, of the Sabbath lifestyle. He said... Uh, during that process of getting to know this girl and and, and deciding to to marry her, he he said he was waiting intentionally, waiting with intentionality. He was committed not to forcing it, to, to taking control of the relationship, but he put it in God's hands. And he was like, all right, God, if you want this to happen, then keep bringing on the opportunities, right, for me to get to know her better. And then when they came, he would act on them, he wouldn't just sit there. But all along, it was in God's hands. So why does the Sabbath matter? It matters for health, but it also matters because the Sabbath is the one-word summary of what it means to be a Christian. That waiting intentionally. Sabbath is a lifestyle. Walking moment by moment, knowing you were made by God, knowing God thinks highly of you, and knowing that God provides everything you need. That is what it means to be Christian. In my own experience, I have seen this happen with my career. I haven't been so good about it with relationships. I like to to try to take control of those and and, and that, uh, you know, hasn't worked out yet. But with my career, I've seen it uh, over and over again. By leaving things in God's hands, um, I've come across opportunities better than I ever could have imagined. Like, I I didn't feel like I deserved to uh, get this position. And in fact, I wasn't even really planning for it or shooting for it. I uh, didn't know it existed until, until like, I applied. But it was the, everything that, that led up to it that, that made it work out, that made it a good fit. And that's one of the things I'm most excited about with this Advent Collegiate Center. Um, just Advent Collegiate. <laughs> uh, we're, we're finalizing the name on that. But um, what I'm really here to do, and if any of you are college students or no college students, then then I want to connect with you. But what I'm here in New York City to do is to, and what Alex is here to do as well, is to help students experience this same thing that we've experienced. If I could see a student come into an opportunity that fit them like a glove because they had been resting in God all along and because they had been following God step by step, not knowing the future, not knowing what's going to happen, not forcing something to happen, but simply because that's the opportunity that God's put in front of them at that moment, that would make my day. That would make my year uh, worth it. I didn't surrender my last sermon to God. I mean, I, I kind of tried to. I definitely tried to, but I didn't really. I was super stressed about it. I had the responsibility on my shoulders. And it knocked me out. But today, I, I'm at peace. Because I've, I've committed to enjoying Sabbath rest. So why would I want to make the Sabbath part of my identity? It's because the Sabbath is not just something that I want to be in my life one day a week. The Sabbath isn't just something that uh, I feel like I'm supposed to do. The Sabbath is what I think is the ideal vision for life. It's what life is supposed to be like. It's the only way to take seriously Jesus' instruction not to worry. And I know that if I'm able to grasp the Sabbath, then the Sabbath becomes my stool, my support, giving me access to God, and I don't need this anymore. Psalm 127 says, Unless the Lord builds the house, Those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It's in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. So what do you aspire to do? Do you want every day to live in this rest in God? Moment by moment, walking in God's love living as though everything is in his hands, knowing God made you. God thinks the world of you, and God provides for you. You might be like me, and that might be incredibly difficult. You might have this strength of being a responsible person, and you might put everything on your shoulders and gain your identity from that. And if that's you, then right now I just want to say a blessing for you. And we will close. Lord, I'm putting this person before you right now. I don't know who it is, but there's someone here, probably a lot of people here, with burdens on their shoulders, feeling like they have to get something done. And if they don't get something done, they are in trouble. Their life is in trouble. Their identity is somehow fractured, shaken, disturbed. But God, right now, I'm putting them in your hands, And I'm asking you to surround them with the sense of being in your love, as though they were in an ocean, just surrounded by your love. Everywhere they look, everywhere they go, knowing that you made them, you love them, and you provide for them. Please, Lord, cover them right now. May this week be a week of unprecedented peace for them. And may they come back next Sabbath ready to rejoice over what you have made possible in their lives. Amen.